Hit it. Guys show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free Audible audiobook just for signing up for a free trial. Ah, hey, it's the Book Guys Show episode 111. My name is Paul Alve, sometimes known as, we haven't played the jingles in a while, Paul the Book Guy, joined by my co-host, James Goot, Sir Jimmy himself, all the way in North Carolina, is it? Sir Jimmy. Not to be confused with South Carolina or South Dakota. <laughs> no. How you doing, Jimmy? Doing fantastic. It's good to be on top of South Carolina like we always are. Yeah. And, Jimmy, we are lucky to have two great guests today. Not only an author, but also an audiobook narrator and actor and not only that, but they have collaborated before, and we are joined by author Jason Brandt. How are you doing, Jason? I'm good, thanks. And uh, your cohort in this audiobook uh, extravaganza called Devoured the Hunger and Other Projects is Wayne June. How are you doing, Wayne? I'm doing great, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Well, excellent to have you both. I love it when we have not only the author, but the audiobook narrator on. And, I think know, this is a first, isn't it? This could be. This guy, I think in we've done it plus once. Episodes, we've never had the whole tag team duo. Yeah, we might have done it once before, Jimmy, but I can't recall. So this may be a first, yes. This first time this week. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, before we talk about Devoured the Hunger and uh, all the other wonderful books that Jason has written and Wayne has uh, read and all his other projects, we usually start off, Jimmy, what do we start off with? What's on your Kindle? <laughs> Hey, what's on your? What's on your Kindle, your nightstand? What's on your? What's on your iPhone 6, 5, your Android device? What are you reading? Hey, let's start with Jimmy. Jimmy, anything new on your Kindle device, your nightstand, your, your book? Actually, there's something old. Ooh. Something very old. And um, it's Walden by Henry David Thoreau. Ooh. It's yeah. on my CD stand uh, that was handed over... From Brilliance Audio, BrilliantsAudio.com, our our good friend over there. Um, you know, um, she got married. No way. Yeah. I had not yeah, she sure did. I, I saw in the email was changed, and she's like, "Oh, thank you so much." Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, Kaylin, that's her name. Kaylin. Yeah, Kaylin, Brilliance Audio, wonderful lady. So, after listening to the Ben Franklin um, audio book, you know, uh, and now getting into this. Getting into Walden, I kept waiting and waiting and waiting for the the only line that anybody knows. Like, I, I went to the woods to live deliberately, you know. Right, right. And that's about halfway through. But it's crazy. He's um, th- this pond, he goes to live by Walden Pond, which, as you find out later, was actually dug out by some farmer and planted a whole forest around it. And he goes out there, uh, builds his own house. He's planting his own garden. Um, drinking water out of the pond, for God's sake, and 
just going out there to experience life uh, on on a back then crazy a simpler level. So uh, I hang on, I got to cut in, folks. I, I don't condone drinking out of the pond, drinking out of the lake. Okay, but at least get the boat out in the middle of the lake before you drink the water. Yeah, I don't think they had the life straw back just then. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So and he's and he he's very fastidious about um, his counting up how much everything costs right. and he breaks it down like a yeah, $7.45.5 for uh, implements to, to farm with and, and, and what it costs to live with you know, next to nothing and what he sells things for. And just it's a, it's a real neat account of what it takes to do what he did on top of a lot of philosophical ramblings um, about life and, and friendship and um, I'm getting into it. It started to get a little dragging there at the end, and maybe I should have switched out to something else. But I'm powering through this. It, it sounds like it's to, it's one of those books that's hard to describe. Uh, I, I've I've read books where if I was to try to describe it in two sentences on the show, I'd say, "Well, it's about a guy who uh, digs a well." You know, but it's yeah. so much more. You know, yes, because the digging the well is not uh, the whole thing. It's it sounds like one of those where it's more about life than about uh, uh, plot. Yeah, there's a lot of good lessons in it and a lot of, um, I guess, a, a, makes you think about frugality and the things that you live with that you really don't need. Um, you know, he was like the, one of the first minimalists. Nice. So, so he probably didn't have a smartphone at the time then. No, he said <laughs> he, um, he left his charger back in town. He was out there for two years. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Well, this whole connected lifestyle, Jimmy, just before we started, my girlfriend was here and, and giving me crap because I didn't answer the phone call yesterday at 7.30. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That is the first instance of a girlfriend. Well, I, I try to keep my uh, private life in the, the book. Well, I, I, know, I know that there was this <laughs> chick, but the GF, you know, you might have to edit that out. But I mean, in this connected uh, life, I mean, I'm the ki- kind of guy – I have to answer my phone probably 500 times a day, whether it's a text or an email or a whatever, a phone call. So when I get home, usually the phone goes on a shelf. It goes into do not disturb mode, uh, you know, and I'm done for the day. So I kind of missed her call at 7.30 yesterday. I got shit for it. But <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I, out on the lake, I, like, I, I'm one of those guys. I go out on the lake, the phone, I don't even need a charger. If I'm going to the cottage or the lake, the phone stays in the bag. It's for Dude. emergencies only. So Does she listen to the show? Minim- you're, so, Paul, you, Paul, you're somewhat of a minimalist then. Yeah, and I, I might also be a bit of a Luddite as well because, uh, you know, I, I would, uh, as soon as McDonald's comes out with the robots and the touchscreens, I'm still going to go to the burger place where a human being is flipping the burger. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people so don't know. The Luddites weren't uh, against technology. They were just against technology taking their jobs if you really look into the luddite uh, lifestyle it, it was a more of a labor movement than a technology movement they didn't want you know uh, technology taking their jobs away so i'm kind of a luddite in that way i will still go to the burger place where the guy you know makes the patties with his hands and fries them and flips them with a you know spatula <laughs> just saying so what's <laughs> on your night kindle stand uh, you know what? I am listening on my Audible. 
device, which is usually my uh, Android device, to devour the hunger, book one. I'm still about an hour and three quarters out of finishing, so I hope that the gentlemen on the show today don't spoil it. Uh, on my Kindle, I have started listening to the Torchwood series of books. Uh, they are uh, based on the Doctor Who spin-off, Torchwood. I'm listening to the first one, which is Another Life by Peter Ange- Angelides. And um, I'm not far enough into it to really talk about it. I'll do it next week. But uh, really loving Devoured the Hunger. Uh, well-read and uh, good audio quality by Wayne June. And written by Jason Brand. And coincidence, we have him on the show today. <laughs> and I got to say, guys, thank you so much. Uh, I hate to go meta here, but you guys are so uh, gracious to join us and courteous to come in at the last minute. And uh, Jimmy, here is the most Canadian excuse for not making the show from uh, Sam, the caveman from Trailer Park Boys. He has to play hockey today, so he'll be joining us th- next week. <laughs> uh, priorities. <laughs> priorities. <laughs> <laughs> so, so while we're at it, let's ask, before we talk about all of their wonderful work, let's ask uh, maybe Jason. Jason, what's on your Kindle nightstand, your Android device, your, your hardcover? Anything well, after, new? After hearing he's listening to Thoreau, I wish I could say like Kerouac or Hemingway or something. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I usually stick to uh, horror thrillers. Um, nice. I actually just... Uh, maybe a month ago or so, listened to It by Stephen King in audio. Love it. And it was read by uh, Stephen Weber from Wings. Yep. Did you ever see that show in the 90s, Wings? Yeah, I, I caught a few episodes. I had no yeah. idea that was connected. One of the pilot brothers in it, uh, I guess, reads the occasional audiobook now, and it's, it's really, really good. So I, I'd read the book a couple times before, but uh, hearing him... Hearing his performance in it was, was pretty incredible. Uh, and on my Kindle, I just read the series uh, Wayward Pines by Blake Crouch. Uh, it's coming out actually as a TV show on Fox, I believe, in 2015. Uh, it was really good, too. It's kind of a science fiction thriller mystery thing. Um, it, it was good. It's a three-book series. Uh, I would definitely check that out. Nice. And, and, and the audiobook, is that available on Audible? Yeah, but nice. it's not for uh, the week of heart. It's like 45 hours long. Nice. Yeah, it's a long one. Paul, yeah, I'm sorry. When, some, when somebody that. says science fiction, I, I have to hear the jingle. Oh, you're right. Here we go. Science fiction. I love that theremin. Yes, I am so, <laughs> I feel unfulfilled. Thank you, Jeff Smith at the G-E-O-F-F smith.com. By the way, guys, if you ever need a background music for one of your audios or just a jingle made up or want to hear some great music, Jeff Smith, wonderful. Or if you're ever in Tennessee and want to see somebody play some wicked piano. That's right. At his piano bar. (laughs) Okay. And Mr. Wayne June. And by the way, Wayne, I got to give you kudos. Great audio quality on Devoured the Hunger. Yeah, thank you. Um, Consistency, I think, is important. I, you know, usually I won't talk about it. There, there may be some little hiccups here and there, but I'm an audiophile, so I don't yep. really uh, pick on, nitpick the little things. But overall, consistent audio quality, uh, it's important to me. If I'm listening to chapter one, and if you guys go back and, you know, change four words, it has to match. Like, the, it has to be the same microphone, the same audio settings, and Devoured is just uh, 
phenomenal all the way through. Yeah, it's, it's been a, quite the learning curve uh, for me. I've, I've had a studio for the longest time, but recording a bare voice is a really different animal rather than, you know, uh, a band or uh, a bunch of singers yeah. or something. You're, I mean, you're, you are naked in that booth uh, in terms of, uh, you know, making any, any kinds of uh, glitches or errors and uh I'm, I'm glad uh, Devour came out as good as it did. I had just revamped my re recording booth, got a new microphone, set things up, and uh, it, it was a, a nightmare <laughs> uh, getting everything to be consistent. Yeah, uh, you, know, you know, Wayne, i got to give you a tip just because uh, we used to have a cat here in the studio. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing I learned really quick was hot glue. Hot glue on the mixer. <laughs> Oh just, yeah. Okay. Just so the knobs don't twist, you know, like one, you know, thirty second of an inch. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you, you have to maintain the same um, uh, distance from the mic and the, yeah. the same uh, volume coming out of your out of your mouth, and uh, it's uh, it, it it does get easier as time goes on, uh, but uh, it it's a real learning curve. Yeah, I have a good friend who's uh, produced an audiobook, and I usually listen to them at night, and I'm an insomniac, so I, I have to listen to his book during the day because there are jump cuts and there are sections, and, and even like sometimes one sentence sounds different from the other. So for me, it's hard to fall asleep when there's those jarring changes. Mm -hmm. So uh, although it's a great book, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. The audio's great, but just the, the differences in audio levels and whatnot from one chapter to the other kind of bring me out of sleep, so I have to listen to that one during the day. But, but Wayne, forget that. What's on your Kindle? What's on your nightstand? What's new? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm constantly changing. I have the attention span of, uh, of a gnat, I think, so I'm putting something new on uh, all the time. Uh, in terms of audiobooks, uh, I listen repeatedly to anything by... Uh, a great narrator named Frank Muller, M-U-L-L-E-R. He's phenomenal. He is. Uh, I, I've learned and continue to learn so much from listening to his work. He's just uh, a master. Uh, what else? Um, I believe he did a lot of the uh, the Dark Tower series. I could be wrong. I think. I know I he's done a lot that, of King. I think that could be right. I, I haven't listen to any of uh, the Stephen King stuff that he's done yet, but that's definitely on the list. Um, and then I've, I've got a to-do list a mile long since I discovered Jason Brandt. <laughs> he <laughs> is a prolific gentleman with uh, quite a, a body of work that continues to, to grow. And uh, since I've read uh, Devoured, uh, there's a sequel uh, which is consumed, and then part three of the trilogy, which is ravaged, and they they were spellbinding. As a, a narrator, it was a, a treat to find something uh, that's on your on your desk as work work to do yeah. that I would gladly have have read anyway. Yeah, yeah, Wayne, <laughs> so, I, I was right. I was looking it up uh, as we were talking, and. Uh, yeah, he did do uh, quite a few of the Dark Tower series, which uh, Stephen King does say that uh, audiobook is his favorite format for people to consume his work because they can't speed read it. Well, they can, you know, listen to it in 2x, but uh, uh, he says that you get every word put into your brain 
with yep. audio. Yep. And I'm going to play a little uh, clip here. This is from the Dark Tower 3, The Wastelands. Frank Muller, yes, definitely one of my uh, favorite for long format. I mean, this was 18 hours, Dark Tower 3. To them. He is also poisoned by the venom of the Lobstrosities. And as the gunslinger resumes his journey north along the edge of the Western Sea, he is sickening, perhaps dying. I just love the dying. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> love Muller. He, he's, he's definitely got his own style. Uh, his own style. <laughs> yes, uh, you know he'll he'll he will uh, tend to possibly uh, uh, over dramatize things, but yes. you just it, you don't <laughs> notice them because they're the choices he makes are just perfect. Right. You know. So I did not realize that was the guy that had read the Skeleton Crew by Stephen King. I absolutely love that audiobook. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And uh, anything by Frank Muller is is worth listening to. So, so what do we classify Devour? I'm not sure which uh, um, jingle to play. Should we do fiction? Is it horror? Do, what should I choose here? I usually call myself a horror author uh, just because there aren't that many of us. So <laughs> it's easier to be a bigger fish in a small pond. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm trying to find the horror jingle. We have, Jimmy, how long has it been since we played the horror jingle? Oh, forever. <laughs> I'm trying to find. Here we go. There, there. That should work. No? That's close enough. <laughs> Horror devoured the hunger. Book one. I have no idea what's playing there. Oh, that's nice. Oh, we got some uh, Le- uh, Led Zeppelin going on there. Yeah, it's a good. Nice. It's a good thing we don't edit, gentlemen. <laughs> so, devoured the hunger. Book one, life isn't kind to Lance York. A full-time job has eluded him for years. His wife loads the sight of him. His bank accounts are empty, and his wealthy father-in-law revels in his failures. After he lunges in front of a car to save a sick and disoriented woman, Lance awakens in a quarantine hospital. A devastating plague is spreading worldwide driving those infected with it insane. Their bodies begin to mutate into horrors that have haunted mankind's nightmares for centuries. And that's the description from Audible. And it, of course, written by Jason Brand, who's with us, and narrated by Wayne June, who's with us. So maybe, Jason, uh, tell us a bit about Devoured, The Hunger. And it says book one, so I'm, uh, we've been told there's uh, sequels. What's it all about, Jason? Uh, yeah, there are two sequels. Um, people are bugging me for a fourth one, but I'm afraid if I end up writing it, they're not going to be happy with the uh, direction it goes. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it starts off kind of like a, a zombie story, um, but it ends up becoming more than that. And uh, what ends up causing the apocalypse is closer to vampires, although there isn't anything supernatural in it. Right. Um, but I wanted to kind of do it something different. Like the zombie, um, genre is just so oversaturated anymore the popularity of the walking dead has just brought the dreck out in droves um but it's selling a lot so i kind of wanted to tap into that market a little bit but do something different and the other thing i wanted to do the main character lance is not a former special forces guy right he's not uh, running around throwing ninja stars he doesn't have the cure right he's (laughs) he's just a guy he's just a dude yeah Right. He has no special skills. He's depressed as hell. He hasn't had sex in years. And uh, he just 
barely manages to get by. And he kind of, I, I wanted to kind of be a story about a guy finding himself as the world collapses around him. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, Jason, but you know what? Early on in the book, just as you know, it's starting off, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh man, is this going to be one, another one of those shitty zombie books? And you're, one of your characters, within like five minutes of me thinking that, said, man, this, what is this? Like one of those shitty zombie movies? Right. And right then it went uphill because I was like, oh, good, it's not. <laughs> and, yeah. and right then is the point where it started to not be that. And I was like, was that intentional, Jason? <laughs> yeah, because of the way it started, I knew that was what everybody was going to be thinking. And I knew I'd have the zombie readers already. But I wanted uh, people who were sick of zombie stuff to stick around. So I just kind of wanted to put it out there right away. This yeah. is not, <laughs> not the same thing. So, so yeah, he's a regular dude. And uh, try not to spoil the last hour of the audiobook because I'm not there yet. Okay. I'll do my best. And uh, how did you meet Wayne? Wayne June? Actually, Wayne... Um, I didn't, I didn't know who he was. I'd heard these incredible readings of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories. Yes, yes. And if you haven't heard his readings of them, you have to go on Audible and get them. They're just mind-blowing. Um, I've always been a fan of Lovecraft's work, but sometimes it can be hard to read. Um, Very the, hard to get into. Yeah, the language he uses sometimes yeah. uh, when you're reading it, you can kind of get lost in it. Um, but hearing it in audio, it's just a whole other ballgame. Right. And I'd been listening to these for, I don't even know, on and off for two, two three years. Because there's, how many of them are on Audible, Wayne? Five or six? Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think around six, six, seven years, I think. Yeah, okay. So I've been kind of going through them. And, and just one day, um, I was putting Devoured up in audio. And I got like 30 or 40 auditions from, from voice oh, actors. So, so were, you, were you using ACX? Yes. That's, a, that's such a great program, folks. Uh, ACX connects authors with audiobook narrators. At, you know, uh, and I, I'm not sure. Is it like a, a bidding system or is it – how does it work? Um, I put a book up there and then uh, I, I open it up for auditions and anyone can read the sample script I put up from the, right. from the story. And then I basically just go through and pick the one I think is the best. Um, and it, it kind of depends on how well your book is selling. If you put a book up that sells – one copy a day, nobody's going to give a shit. Right. Um, but I had, uh, I'd been lucky enough. I've been fairly successful with that series. So ACX actually offered to pay a narrow front if they took a deal with me. So because of that, I had just a ton of auditions mm. and I, I was going through them listening. There's some really great ones. And, uh, I picked a guy and he ended up falling out on me at the last second. Oh, okay. And I was trying to, I was getting ready to go pick the second best guy. And I was like, you know what? I want to see who was reading those Lovecraft books. So I went and I looked it up and it was Wayne. And I just figured, you know what? I'm going to swing for the fences and see if he'll take it. So I offered it to him and three hours later he accepted. Yeah. And you, you got four out of five stars here uh, with 139 ratings for Devoured the Hunger. So that's pretty damn good. Yeah. We've been moving a lot of copies of it. It's only been out for, I don't know, seven months, eight months, something like that. So. Can we play a quick audio sample before we continue? Sure. And this is, uh, and before we start, I, we were talking before the show, and sometimes I forget to talk about stuff that we, you know, we talk about before the show. But uh, sometimes I found that even uh, multi-bajillion selling authors don't pick the, the sample. And I know, Jimmy, you found this sometimes, that some of the samples are 
randomly yeah, disappointing. picked. Yeah, disappointing. A lot of them aren't the high point. They're not, yeah. they're not doing a good job of selling them. So. Right. Many, many well, yeah, what, uh, what generally happens, uh, uh, as far as I understand it, if, if it uh, isn't selected by the producer or by the author, then generally, I, th- I think what Audible does is just puts up the first five minutes of the book. Yeah. And, you know, that can, that can, that, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's not usually the, the, the apex of the yeah. arc of the drama. Well, well Wayne, you know we, we've saying? been actively, so. uh, we've actively, years ago, we, uh, well, I, you know, I personally have actively emailed and talked with the people at Audible and said, you can't do this. You can't put up a random selection. Now, now, now they're doing the beginning of the books, but even then, yep. and, uh, uh, they uh, they they generally uh, through uh, ACX anyway. They leave it up to the producer yes. as to uh, what uh, what he's going to put up for a sample. Yeah. I forget what I picked for Devoured. Uh, there were so many good parts of it, and uh, uh, talking about the arc of the story and the arc of the drama, it's like uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a roller coaster with Jason. Well, I, I know Wayne. Uh, we 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 pushed to them to said, listen, you should reach out. Uh, through your system and say to the authors and the, and the you know producers, please pick a decent quality audio sample. And I think that they've, they're starting to do that now and actually reaching out and saying, please pick an, uh, a quality sample. And I think yours is pretty good. So why don't we do this? Play audio sample right at audible.com. Just search for Devour, D-E-V-O-U-R-E-D, The Hunger, book one, and uh, you just click play right on the website. Cast stood at the top of the stairs, staring down into the darkness beyond. The dirt of windows ahead cast the lower floor in deep shadow. The smell of spoiled meat intensified as Lance stepped beside her. Why do I get the feeling that we shouldn't go down there? Cass said, no shit. Lance's stomach rumbled in spite of the horrific smell wafting from up the stairs. He hadn't eaten since the day before. I'm damn hungry, but not enough for this. You aren't going to get an argument from me. Let's get... The sound of something scraping the floor came to them then. Lance's breath caught in his throat, his abs clenched. A thump, closer and louder. Cass's fingers blanched as she squeezed the handle of the axe. Rapid exhalations from below. Two thuds, closer. Lance stepped back, wanting to flee but unable to peel his gaze from the darkness ahead. A face, distorted and gray, pierced the black at the bottom of the stairs. Empty eye sockets oozed. Thinned hair draped over its scalp, the bottoms of the strands touching pointed, elongated ears. Grotesque veins snaked through the forehead and cheeks. Thickened bone structure made the jaw and eyebrows protrude. The Vladdy's mouth opened, exposing canines that extended unnaturally below the other teeth. It wailed at them, the sound threatening to pop their eardrums. Spittle flew from its mouth, splattering on the steps underneath it. Cass stumbled backward, bumping into Lance, nearly knocking him over. Two forearms, muscles swollen and striated, appeared from the shadow. Its fists slammed against the stairs, shaking the floor in a show of rage and frustration. A series of shrieks answered from the basement below, filling the church with the wails of the infected. We'll leave it at that. If you want to hear a longer, uh, three-minute three longer preview, go to Audible. Audibletrial.com slash bookguys. You can even get it for free. And Wayne and Jason will still get paid. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, wonderful, uh, great audio, love it. Uh, Wayne, how many audiobooks have you done again? Uh, at this point, 
Uh, I don't know. I must. I must have fifty under my belt. Fantastic. Yeah, it, it was weird. The way I first got into it was uh, uh, I'd been a musician for a million years and uh, wanted to get one of those bathrobe jobs where, <laughs> where you didn't have to leave the house. Right. Right. So well, do, you, do you have the little? Uh, I, I already had recording gear and stuff, and so I, I just started researching the the industry. And I uh, to get get some chops. I volunteered at this uh, studio they have down in New Haven, nice. uh, recording for the blind and dyslexic. And you go in there, and they train you on the equipment, and then you're you're your own entity for you know however long you want to go, two hours, four hours. And they give you stuff, and you just read it. And you can get anything from a newspaper to a poem to a textbook. Right. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. And it was just great, great training. Um, I read a, a microwave manual once <laughs> so, for, for people who were uh, vision impaired and needed instructions on how to work this particular microwave so you know you, intense reading <laughs> so instead yeah. of a technical writer you were a technical reader yes yeah exactly um and uh it was fun i mean because y you have to uh, you can't read each one the same you know they, they tend to lean towards what they call um so they don't want you to act all that much uh, and, you know, do characters and things like that if they give you fiction. Right. But still, uh, there's quite a, a wide uh, scope. Well, you, you've got a wide range there, Wayne. You've got a good, nice falsetto there for the ladies. <laughs> well, it... it I was, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I, 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 I use certain techniques to, uh, to, uh, to prepare to do a female voice, but we, we don't need to get into that. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> uh, Audible. I uh, love the audiobook format, uh, to be honest. Uh, a wonderful format. Uh, you can listen to it when you're doing menial tasks. Uh, I like to say that you can do it while you're you know, mowing the lawn or. Yeah, I do it when working out or, or washing the dishes or something like that. It's. Uh... Keeps it from feeling like wasted time. Oh yeah, like do, doing the laundry for two hours. It's not that yep. boring if you're listening to you know devoured the hunger. Well, I do want to say too because I know uh, I know Wayne's not going to name drop, but he's read for some of the biggest horror authors in the business. Um, who, who have you done? Uh, Jack Ketchum, Brian Keane. Nice. Um, yep, and uh, my favorite of uh, of all uh, has to be Lovecraft. Uh, I, I pretty much cut my teeth on him in terms of uh, weird fiction and fantasy and science fiction and horror, that kind of stuff. I was always interested in as a kid, as, you know, a, 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 a young boy will be, you know, that's the stuff we're into. And uh, when I came across Lovecraft, he was just um, uh, uh, worlds, worlds apart from anyone else in the genre. So, uh, I had the opportunity to, to do, I did, I think, six uh, volumes of, uh, of his stuff. And uh, there's plenty more on tap that, uh, incidentally, I, I plan on uh, getting done. I want to do the rest of the, the entire Lovecraft catalog eventually, wow. get it out there. Wow. And speaking of kids, Wayne, I mean, this is a great way to get kids into reading. 
Uh, one one way is uh, like I'm I'm reading the uh, Torchwood series of books, but uh, extrapolate that back to uh, the the more kid friendly show, Doctor Who. If your kids aren't into reading, and if they're fans of watching the Doctor Who TV show, and you know, turning their brains into pudding in front of the television set, why not get them into some of the Doctor Who audios? Sit and listen oh, I, with your kids to the yep, audio I dramas. Agree. You know, yeah, uh, my wife wanted me to ask Paul. Um, you know the TV show Homeland. Not really. I've never really, really watched that. It's in. It's a Canadian show. My wife found on one of the streaming services. And yeah. It's about these people that own a horse farm or something and what goes on. She was. She told me to buy you a sling box and mail it to you and oh, start nice. taping that stuff. Nice. <laughs> so that she, when it comes on, she don't have to wait. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying, Jimmy. If if your kid's into Doctor Who, you know what? Get them some audio dramas from Doctor Who, and then work their way up to uh, audio books. And just Expand sit in their mind. Sit in your lazy boy and listen to the books with them. And eventually you'll get them into reading books about their favorite TV show. And that'll get them into Lovecraft and into, you know, Hemingway. Sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a, another aspect of that, too, that's, uh, that's interesting. I haven't experienced it yet. Maybe Jason knows about it. But there's a technology they're coming uh, up with now that if, if you buy an audio book, you can also buy the ebook. And pl- yeah. and they'll sync it, and it'll yeah. scroll to through, and so you can read it at the same time. So I mean, for uh, whether it's a kid, a person who's you know learning English as a second language, uh, or someone yeah. that has perhaps learning disabilities, you know, dyslexia or something. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a it 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 it, it it's a prescription that uh, you know it can change your life. Yeah, with Amazon and their sister company Audible, it's called Whisper Sync. And you do right. have to buy both versions, which I honestly, Wayne, don't see people, most people doing. But it does work together. And uh, Apple does have quite a few children's books that do uh, allow you to uh, let the audio play as far as the mm-hmm. audio narrative. And the words on the screen will actually highlight as the words are being spoken in the audio track. So, yeah, a wonderful way for younger children. But I'm talking about the six, seven, eight-year-old who doesn't give a crap about reading? You know what? Find, yeah. find that one, whether it's um, uh, yeah, whatever TV show they're into. There's probably, there may be a audio series or a book series. Get them into that. Read it to them or have them read it with you. Do voices. Get a, uh, you know, get a bowl of popcorn. And getting the child involved in that uh, thing that they're passionate about, whether it be Doctor Who or whatever they're into, and slowly work them into other. You know, we don't we don't want to. You know, we don't want them to be reading Hunter S. Thompson, you know, or, or Hemingway. Yeah. But just get them involved in reading and enjoying reading. I know Jimmy. I know Nobot's uh, reading quite a bit out there in North Carolina. Yeah. Yes, he's. Um, a matter of fact, well, there's some movie starting tonight. It is it the uh, Maze Runner. Yeah. They're, well, they're going to the. It's not a midnight showing. They they backed it up. It's a ten o'clock showing tonight. So nice. he's headed out to that. And you know he had no idea that was going to be a movie. We started reading the book, found out yeah. it was going to be a movie. Got even more interested. He's already finished the second one, and he'll. I mean, he'll be sitting down playing Minecraft yeah. <laughs> with the sound off, listening to a book. And nice. That makes That's me awesome. a lot happier. Parental success. And <laughs> and on that note, Wayne, Jason, Jimmy. Let's take a quick break because we're past the half hour mark. Take it away, Colin Ferguson. 
Hi, this is Colin Ferguson. I play Sheriff Jack Carter on Eureka, and you're listening to The Book Guys. And we're back with Jason Brand, Wayne June, James Goots, and myself, Paul Alves. And we're going to talk a little bit about the audiobook production process. Uh, we're going to start with Jason, the author of uh, Devoured and many other wonderful books. If I look on the back of this paper here, we got The Gate, The Dark, The West of Hell series, and a whole ton more. Uh, Jason, what was the process like finding a narrator for your book on the ACX platform? Uh, well, I'd used them for a couple before um, before I got Wayne for Devour, yep, but yep. Make, they make it really easy. You can actually import, if you have a book up on Amazon, you can import it straight into the platform, and uh, it kind of fills out most of the information, and then you just, um, there's some checkboxes, like what, uh, what kind of accent do you want, what kind of vocal range, you know, what kind of mood is the book, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, when people, when you open it up to narrators, uh, the smart ones anyway, will only apply if they have, you know, what you're looking for. Although right, you still right. get some really weird ones that don't make any sense. But uh, it's actually fairly easy. The hardest part is trying to find someone that you think kind of works with your material really well. So I had a couple guys that were just fantastic narrators, but I just felt like they, it didn't really work. So right. my uh, that series is, is very snarky, a lot of the humor. And uh, it has to be read in a certain way. And they just, you know, some of them didn't get it, but Wayne, Wayne completely nailed it. But right. um, yeah, it, it, it's a pretty easy process, actually. Just getting a good narrator is hard. You have to have really solid sales or be... So, so the way ACS works, you can either split your royalties with a narrator or you can pay them a bunch of money up front and then keep the royalties for yourself. So, so uh, if, you don't, if you don't have many sales, you're going to have to pay up front. But if you have a lot of book sales, you can probably just do a split with the, the narrator. Exactly, exactly. And if you're doing a split, uh, you really have to have a lot of sales to attract a decent narrator. Otherwise, you know, why would they take on the deal? Right. It's, it's a lot of work for them. So. It is. And it's like something like two or three times the, uh, let's say, you're, you're uh, Devoured the Hunger, book one, is about seven hours. So it would take someone something like 20-some-odd hours or more to actually record the finished product, not including their first read-through, which they do on their own time before they turn the microphone on. Right, exactly. So you really have to you really have to have all your ducks in a row to uh, to make it interesting for them. So I've been fortunate enough that that worked out for me. So I can't complain. Now, now, Wayne, uh, we've uh, done some uh, audio amateur audio recording, which we're doing even right now, episode one 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 of the Book Guys Show, <laughs> and you know it's been a learning process for us. Right now, I'm standing in a giant metallic warehouse studio. So I'm a bad, bad, bad audio guy at this point. <laughs> I'm literally sitting in the middle of a tin box recording my show. But uh, what are some of the things you've learned as far as uh, uh, technical aspects of recording an audiobook? Like, what do you do at home if you don't mind giving away your audio secrets? Oh, not at all. I've got um, a, a small uh, walk-in closet under my stairs that I've treated uh, with uh, soundproofing. Um, it's not totally soundproof because you got to have a way to get air in here because you don't, don't. want to die. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, everything is, uh, is padded with absorbent foam and I have a, uh, a screen, uh, that I run my, uh, 
recording program on. The computer itself that I record on is outside the booth. Right, because so of all the fans, the right? Now, now, may I ask, because I know that uh, Gabriel DeCure, the nice folks at, uh, Jimmy, what are they called again? The, the nice oh, people that do the all... Oh, Game Alive folks? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> now, what they're called. I'm going to have to look it up. I keep forgetting. But, uh, you know, they, they, they call theirs the uh, TARDIS studio. It's so small. Um, how small is your recording booth? Um, you can stand up in it, and you could take two or three steps in either direction. And there's a chair in it, and a shelf for my uh, uh, coffee or whatever. Uh, a uh, a shelf for my keyboard and mouse, uh, and then uh, the screen which I access uh, the recording program on. I use a program called Pro Tools. Yes. Uh, and then I have an iPad hung up on the wall that I put my uh, scripts on. So it, it's all, it's, it's pretty small and self-contained. The rest of my studio is out beyond this room. Uh, that's where I record uh, music. Uh, and that, that in itself is a small room for uh, the purpose it has to serve, but uh, it's bigger than the booth here. Of course, Jimmy, I was thinking of Skyboat Media, because I keep thinking yes, brilliance. Yes, I, I Googled it. They do work for Brilliance Audio and Audible. So it's Skyboat Media that does all the Enders, uh, all, the, all the Scott Cards uh, stuff. But the, theirs is called the TARDIS because it's literally uh, smaller than the police box on Doctor Who. So I, I've got a question. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, we, have, we have some people here on, on the podcast here who had toyed around with the uh, idea of recording the Unabomber's Manifesto as an audiobook. Right. Okay. <laughs> because, uh, number one, and, and for being a host, a host of the Book Guy show, I don't like to sit down and read books. I'm, I'm sort of new age. I am just audiobook all the way. I'm totally sold on it. And because right. I, I just have more opportunity. Uh, maybe if I was uh, in prison... I would love to sit down and read a book, right? <laughs> dog ear pages, you know, touch something. But well, there's let's always just say, a, there's always always a future, Jimmy. There is, there is a future. Well, the times um, are changing again. You know what? The time to sit down with a scotch in your hand and sit there for five hours and read a book are gone. I mean, we have to work. We have to do. We have shit to do, Jimmy. Yeah, I know. So I, um, the point I I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make is you're going to be in prison sooner or later. So yeah, you know, yes. So save it for that time. I, I won't give you up, plan. Jimmy. But I ain't no meantime, rat. I ain't no rat, Jimmy. I ain't no rat. See, <laughs> getting getting that turned into an audio book. Um, it, there's not a lot of uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of drama or storytelling in it. It's it's very dry, almost textbook like. So, yes. what would be the process to get that turned into an audio book from the be- from the beginning? Uh, in terms of marketing it, public domain stuff is not very, uh, uh, well received. Oh, I don't, I, there's, there's no, there's no desire to, um, make profit. Uh, that's an, that's a, that would be another thing. Uh, would you be planning on marketing it or, or getting it out there at all? Or is this just for your own? Only, listening. only through, only through, you know, whatever means necessary through this show, through 
you know, social media, you know, passing around CDs. It, it is an interesting just, text, Jimmy. I got to say, just to have it. it out there available for someone who wants to read it but doesn't want to sit down with the paper, right? Like, okay, me. well, there's there's a a number of ways to to actually get it done. There's no shortage uh, these days. Uh, we were talking before uh, off air for uh, briefly for a few seconds. Uh, about the the recording industry, uh, what used to you know cost you uh, tens of thousands of dollars to get a professional recording studio or the equipment to fill one, uh, you can now get for fifteen hundred bucks. And if you learn how to use it, um, you can you can come up with some pretty stellar recordings. Um, so there's no shortage of people out there who would do it. There's a lot of people you could go the route of getting someone who's uh, just getting started and wants to try something. Maybe they would, uh, you know, do it for the experience, do it for free. You know, uh, there's, there's no shortage, you know, just uh, get on, on the Internet in terms uh, uh, in places where you normally hang out, your social media you, uh, or, you know, put an ad out somewhere. You'll get millions of responses, millions. I'm thinking of a Kickstarter. Oh, interesting. Mm, I just thought of that. Yeah, there's a great idea, Jimmy. Now, now Wayne, go, going back to what you're doing, you, you've got a computer in the other room, of course, because uh, the fans and whatever are too loud. Because you, you are just a perfectionist. I know that you put your computer in the other room because of that line noise or that fan noise. So you've probably got a, like a monitor and a keyboard in your TARDIS, in your recording booth. Yeah. Now, now, can we focus on software? If you don't mind giving sure. away all your secrets... Uh, I mean, I've, I've, in the limited amount of uh, narrating I've done, I've used uh, Audacity because it has a lot of keyboard controls and I can just redo a sentence quickly by clicking one key, uh, you know, one key press. Yeah, I've, oh. I've used Audacity before. It's a free program. It's great. There's, there's, uh, if you're re- recording one voice or uh, even if you're doing sound effects here and there or background music or whatever, Audacity is perfectly serviceable, and it's free. Now, now what so, do you use now, if you don't mind giving up your uh, secrets? Uh, well, I want to give up first. I want to give up my biggest secret, Ooh. which is I've been busted so many times for crappy pr- production that it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> I, ma- I make mistakes. I am not perfect. I make noises and glitches and errors. Uh, you can ask Jason about holding my hand through the production. I would do a chapter at a time and send it to him and say, you know, this sounds like uh, this sounds like it to me. Uh, tell me if you hear anything. And it would be, you know, boom, boom, there's this here. There's a noise here. There's distortion here. Where, and so, you know, it's a, it's an ongoing learning process. I'm getting better at it. But don't put me up there as some kind of like uh, mastermind engineer because I am not. Uh I'm glad and, to and, hear and that you know what? No, no, no. You know what? We, we're not talking to uh, mastermind engineers. We want to know what the decent sounding, great voiced audio narrator. I'm, I'm listening to the book, and I, it's phenomenal. And <laughs> just what what are you doing to to bring that quality sound? Well, I use uh, a program called Pro Tools. Nice. It's by a company called Avid, and it's been the uh, go to professional recording program since digital audio was invented practically so uh it's uh it's fairly expensive all they do although they do have entry level uh uh packages that you can buy uh 
that have you know slightly less capabilities they're a lot less expensive and they allow you to try it out to see if you know that's the kind of thing you would want to get into um i use uh i mentioned the the booth being soundproofed um i didn't scrimp on a microphone i've got uh a a thousand dollar uh shotgun microphone and two turntables uh, Sorry? Two turntables and a microphone. Never mind. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then there, uh, once uh, you do the recording, if you, if you get a, uh, a decent uh, recording, you go into the editing mode. And um, there's uh, you know, various tools that you can use in there in terms of uh, uh, compression, yep. uh, uh, level adjustments, um, denoisers, things like that, and that's that's pretty much a crapshoot. And it's uh, uh, you can ask a dozen people what they use, and they'll give you a dozen different answers. Right. So, how you treat the audio after it's uh, actually recorded, but um, it, it's a it's a long process. If it was something you wanted to do yourself, you could probably get into it for you know under a thousand dollars. You can get a decent mic, a decent. Uh, uh, interface and use audacity which is free and then you know just go for it and see how it works out for you a yeah. lot of people uh even professional voice people who do you know for example uh, uh radio work or commercials or tv uh they've tried it and absolutely can't stand long form because it's i mean you're sitting in a very small space for yeah. four hours at a time, reading, 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 reading aloud, and that's the start of it. Uh, you mentioned before, Paul, that uh, you thought the uh, uh, production ratio would be probably two to three hours to finish one hour. Uh, it's it's the average is more like six hours to create right. one hour of finished audio. So it's a lot of hours. If you're if you're doing a book that's you know uh, ten hours long. That's that's at least sixty hours yeah. of work. Yeah, we we talked to Scott Brick who did uh, Alice Shrugged, and <laughs> yeah, that's taken ten years. Yeah, what's forty five times six? You know, um, yeah, you want to be in a comfortable space for that. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Let me just say something about the, the making the audio books. So doing all that, all the work behind the scenes. Obviously, you need great equipment and everything, but the very first thing is the performance, right? I mean, I, I tried to read one of my own audiobooks which, where the main character is basically an exaggerated version of me. And when I played back the chapter I read to myself, it just sounded like I had an undiagnosed stroke. I mean, I just yeah. I cannot <laughs> yeah. perform. So just being able to act is a huge part. I, I guess that's more important for fiction, but still. Yeah, plus there's that hump to get over. I'm sure everybody knows it, which is you hear your your recorded voice uh, played back to you for the first time, and you know, no, thank that's you. Not, that's not what I sound like. It's it's rare when <laughs> I, I find a, an author who can also uh, be an actor and and read their own works. The only two I can think of off the top of my mind are uh, maybe Mer Lafferty and Scott Sigler. That that's about it. And they, both of them through podiobooks.com, where a lot of authors uh, put out their stuff for free. And uh, 
both Murr and Scott have done very well selling their books uh, through the fandom they built up on patiobooks.com. Uh, it's very rare. I mean, uh, th- these are two talents that don't really correlate. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're really t- two different skill sets. But, absolutely. Uh, you know, occasionally you know, you'll, you'll find somebody who's got them both. Well, there's a reason, uh, you know, Stephen King uses Frank Muller for the, his books. Because I mean, he's horrible. Have you ever heard Stephen King reading an audio book? He's My terrible. Gosh, <laughs> he's terrible. Well, get this, Paul. I, I, just, I, I just typed in kickstarter.com and hit the button that says start a project. And at the top, it says, the world is but a canvas to our imagination. Amen. Henry David Thoreau. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Perfect. No kidding. That is like a kick in the balls right there. That's right. The universe is trying to tell you something, Jimmy. It is. I'm going to prison reading Henry David Thoreau. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Wayne, it seems like you have a lockdown. You got your home studio ready. Your your little TARDIS there is good to go. And uh, Jason is lucky to have found you and a good fit. Don't give away the end of the book because I'm, I'm about an hour and let's say 20 minutes away from the end of Devour. The butler did it. <laughs> and yeah. and how, how cool is ACX connecting authors with uh, narrators? I'm sorry? How cool is ACX connecting authors with narrators? This is a great thing. This it, is gonna, it's incredible. It's um, game changer. It's kind of doing what... Uh, KDP Kindle Direct Publishing has done for uh, publishing books yes, is what yes. they're doing for audiobooks. It's just incredible. Um, it, it's basically opening it up to a whole world of authors who wouldn't be able to do audiobooks before. So, yeah, so, as a matter of fact, uh, I think the statistics were uh, before uh, Audible came along and ACX and, and the whole thing shook out the way it did. Um, Publishers of, of of hard copy books were uh, were only putting about ten percent of the uh, books that they own the rights to into audio, and of course, Audible uh, was interested in increasing that number. Um, so they just did the smart thing and the right thing and put together a platform where uh, you know all, all the people that contribute the different pieces to the process can can get together painlessly and uh, and free and uh, and make deals and it's great it's uh, uh, I think I forget how much uh, audiobook production has increased in general over the, the course of the past five or six years but it's it's some astronomical number I hesitate to even say one uh, but it, uh, the production of audiobooks is just increased to a crazy extent yeah it's huge i mean just just in this series that that wayne and i have done this year i mean we've moved thousands of copies already just because they've made this available to us it's uh it's incredible and i think people are realizing too uh that uh you don't have to be resistant to audiobooks you know i mean uh I've heard so many people say so many times, oh, audio books, I don't listen to those. I like the feel right. and smell of a real book. And, you know, I agree, but it's a different format. You know, that's all. That If you say, I read books and don't listen to audio books, that's like saying, uh, 
I go to plays, but I don't go to the cinema. You know, right. I won't go to the movies. It's a different experience. It's a different platform. It's a different uh, uh, thing altogether. So, I mean, uh, I love to read. I would I would never stop reading hard copy books, <laughs> but. You know, I listen to audiobooks too, and I go to movies, and I watch TV, and I listen to the radio, and you know, it's well, over it, the it, years. It here, over the years, we have uh, at the book guys had an ongoing conversation over whether, when you are listening to an audiobook, can you tell people that you're reading a book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. That's a good I question. Do. I do. I finish like twice as many books now because I, I listen to one book while I'm reading another one, and I just makes me sound very well read. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you, yeah, it does. It does. It it makes you sound better. But I mean, fifty, a hundred years from now, and you say you're reading a book, that's going to be how it's done. Yeah. Download it into your brain fifty, a hundred years from now. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just touch your hand on a disc and. People sometimes have objections to, uh, you know, audiobooks and uh, all the new formats coming out. Uh, but you know, I personally love it. On my smartphone, I have I have hundreds and hundreds of books on my Kindle. Yeah. I've got the entire works of Shakespeare that I got for ninety nine cents. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, people there's something love to, to sell be said stuff for, they don't have to pay for. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But you know, to to ha to have uh, the the complete work of art of all the works of Shakespeare for 99 cents in my hip pocket that I can, you know, okay. dip into and read anytime I want. That's, you know, that's the world we live in and I'm loving it. So uh, my motto or my uh, advice would be stop resisting audiobooks. Absolutely. I feel like they're going to get more prevalent too, as more cars start having Bluetooth connections and, and auxiliary lines in and you can just plug on the, on the drive. Yep. Yes, I agree. Yeah, and more devices uh, will are compatible with the Audible app, and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's oh, you said something during the break about some new segments for the show coming up. I'm, I'm we do champing have at the bit Jimmy, here. We do have Jimmy and a couple of the new segments. One of them is I want to do some history on the audio on books and audiobooks, and I'm going to work on that. Another one, Jimmy, is the musical segment. I know we wanted to do a books, music and books segment, and we are working on that, and uh, you know, including things like, uh, I don't know, White Rabbit, Je Jefferson Airplane. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, that one's an obvious uh, choice. Alice in Wonderland. Sort of like books on film and television. Yeah, you know, Charles Ludwig Dodgson, also known as Lewis Carroll. You know, including, uh, you know, all the way up to uh, Tolkien. Uh, let's say, uh, you know, J.R.O. Tolkien. You know, talking about uh, Lord of the Rings. And it's not going to be just about uh, songs, about books, but books that have also influenced uh, songs and songs that have influenced books. Like, yeah, just how books have you know, made their way into all different segments of culture. And vice versa. I mean, we're looking at like a Hey Jude by the Beatles in the Dark Tower series. And we will talk about also the licensing of these things. You can uh, mention Hey Jude in your book, but if you uh, talk about the lyrics, like Stephen King did in the Dark Tower series, in reference to Hey Jude, he had to license from Apple Records. 
Hey, dude. Ah, like if you want to cut yes. out the hook from uh, Queens Under Pressure and come up with the number one selling <laughs> hit, Ice Ice Baby, you're going to pay through the nose. That's right. Like Ice Ice Baby. Inside story there. But uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, mentioning the Hey Jude lyrics in the Dark Tower series meant that uh, King's publishing house had to pay royalties to Apple Records. But uh, there are a lot of songs out there that are influenced by books that most folks don't know about. And they're not as obvious as White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane or Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. So what I think I'm going to do, Jimmy, is I'm going to record a whole bunch of these. And we'll play one a week. And you will be surprised by some of the uh, hit songs that are based on books and stories. I'm digging There's, there's a mention in uh, the Police song, if you remember the Police song, Don't Stand So Close to Me. Yes. There's a reference to, quote, that book by Nabokov. Yeah, Lolita. Yep, which I'm <laughs> listening to also. Uh, I brought the audio, the uh, audible production of that with uh, uh, Jeremy Irons reading it. It's great. Oh, Jeremy Irons reading. I love that. Now, now you got me hooked. Yeah. And, Jimmy, you know I do make some jingles for the No Agenda show. Yeah. With uh, former MTV host Adam Curry and uh, John C. Dvorak of Twit fame and whatnot. And you know that they're, they're bitching because ISIS is, became ISIL? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I know. And they, they were like pumping up my jingle. And saying, hey. ISIS, ISIS, baby. So I made an ISIL version. Oh, I knew you was going to. <laughs> so I, I'm, I send that to Adam Curry. Hopefully you'll have it on the Sunday show. Brilliant. So, uh, you know what? I really want to thank Jimmy. Our good friends, Jason Brandt, Wayne June. Thank you so Wayne much, guys. June, don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to license that now. Oh, shit. Audible.com. Check out. Search by uh, author or narrator, Jason Brandt, B-R-A-N-T, or Wayne June, J-U-N-E, and you will find Devoured the Hunger, and I'll be finished that in a couple hours. And uh, thank you so much, Jason and Wayne, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Oh. Yeah, thanks for having us, Paul. And uh, uh, I'll see about getting you a copy of book two of, uh, of The Hunger. Nice. You have about two hours because I might be done by the time I go to sleep tonight. All right. Well, <laughs> can't guarantee it, but I'll, I'll try and twist some arms. Fantastic, guys. <laughs> thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. Thanks for letting Good me talk co-host. to you guys. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, everyone. We'll be back next week, and hopefully Sam the Frickin' Caveman won't be playing hockey. And we'll see you then. Same book time and same, same book, book channel. channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guys Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel.